You're listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. My name is Alexa Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. So today's episode is for those of you that may have already had a baby and that first birth experience might not have been the best for you, but you really want a second baby and you're just wondering how you're going to bring yourself to do this. Well, hopefully today's story will help you. I'm going to be chatting to Heather today and Heather's first birth did not go brilliantly for her. She describes it as emotionally traumatic. But she really, really wanted to have a second child. And so she decided that she would do what it took to help her to get over the emotional stuff that she was wrestling with so that she could look forward to a second pregnancy and birth. And that is what she was able to do. So this story is really about the emotional work that she did, how she was able to get past some of these intense emotional feelings that were still present after her first birth and how she prepared for her second. I love this conversation because she really doesn't hold back in terms of what she did to help her to get over some of those difficult emotional feelings that she was wrestling with. So if you're someone who is also wrestling with feelings like this and you really want to go into your second pregnancy and birth feeling stronger, more confident and more fearless, then this conversation will have lots for you to think about. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. I'm so thrilled that you're coming to share your birth story with me. And all the listeners listening, Heather is currently walking around her house with baby strapped to her back. (laughs) So if there's any little gurgling noises going on, that's what's going on. She's uh... Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love this podcast. The reason I wanted to to talk to you about your birth stories is because we've got two birth stories to talk about. And also you did lots of various things during your pregnancies to help you to prepare you did some therapy, you did some emotion code, you've done some hypnobirthing, you've done all sorts of things to help you along the way. And I'm really interested to find out how, how all of those things work for you and how they helped you on your journey in becoming a mother. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we start, just so we got a little bit of an understanding as to who you are and what you're about. Well, I, I'm originally from New York, just a small town. I came out to Utah for school, for college, and ended up doing summer sales in Texas, where I met my now husband. And then we were both doing school. We're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I've always been very spiritual. It's also very much, obviously, like Western culture believed in having kids and having a family, but also was always heard like the negative sides of like birth or how hard parenting is. You know, you kind of hear these negative things. And so um, it's just interesting to go on this journey and realize how much of it had sunk in. Got a degree in food science um, at college, graduated. We found a a place to rent and a job here in Salt Lake. I had already wanted to have children pretty soon, but I ended up with this job. Wasn't sure how that was all going to work out, but we felt strongly that we wanted to have children. And so pretty quickly... We, um, I guess, planned our first child and then got pregnant with our first child. I know we've kind of talked about like 
tuning into, you know, where I was at at that time. I was excited. I'd been talking to some other girlfriends. I had another friend who had like just had a baby um, right when I was getting pregnant. She just had her baby and she had a hospital birth and she was just very matter of fact about how it went like oh you know like they they just did this and then at the end they just did the episiotomy where they you know they cut you and blah blah and I'm just like what and like she just very much made it sound like this is just how birth goes oh and then like the first like time that you poo after like oh it hurts so bad and like you just hear these things you're like okay (laughs) like I could do this like (laughs) I would know I want a baby (laughs) but it was terrifying and and I'd had I had definitely just heard negative things growing up, like maybe from, you know, family members, like aunts sharing their birth experiences and it just didn't sound fun. And I was definitely scared of that. Definitely not to levels of like tocophobia or anything, but, but yeah, there, there was fear. But the other thing is that I've never, uh, I'm not really super into all like the medical interventions just in general in my life. And so I knew that I was more in favor of like allowing my body to do this naturally I wasn't really wanting an epidural but yeah there was there was some fear there at the beginning luckily for me I think one thing that helped me from the beginning is that my mom did actually have me naturally I was her one baby that was all natural and she was able to labor in a water tub with me and then she had to get out to to have me but that knowledge that that can happen I think probably what sparked me onto my journey. (laughs) So when you found out you're pregnant, you had a little bit of fear going on. So what was that pregnancy like for you then that first pregnancy? What what were you, how did you start preparing for the arrival of uh, a little one in your life? It's just that whole thing. Like you just kind of work, right? Like in our culture, like you just keep working and your body's growing a baby and then a baby comes. And so I was, I had my job. I found as I was going back through journals that a comment as I began the, the third trimester, I commented, I had all these plans. I was going to do squats. I was going to do yoga. I haven't done any of it. So <laughs> I know for a fact that I got to the third trimester and hadn't really made a lot of changes um, regarding the pregnancy. I am a decently active person. You know, I, I walk around and stuff, but yeah, I hadn't really made any huge changes I was mostly just busy with a full-time job and trying to thrive at that and so birth and pregnancy kind of comes secondary I think in our culture and then in the third trimester I'm assuming it's somewhere in there that I came across hypnobirthing I don't remember how I heard about it hypnobirthing just blew my mind because that was the first time that I'd ever heard someone talk about birth in a truly positive way and suggest that it could be a positive experience that it wasn't just like this terrible, painful thing that you make it through <laughs> to have a baby. Um, so that was enlightening to learn about that. I read the book, I joined a class and I, I know that the class was so close to my due date that if the baby had come early, I wouldn't have finished the classes kind of thing because it was on Saturdays. So it was right at the end and I did practice the, um, the scripts. Like I would do it maybe in the morning or at night and fall asleep to some of the relaxation scripts. So I thought, oh, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready for birth. I can fall asleep to a relaxation script. And so that's about the extent that I did of preparation. 
you're doing your hypnobirthing right up until the due date, pretty much. So when you start, when labor kicks off, what what's that like? Um, how was that like for you? Um, so for me, both pregnancies, I did this um, where there was a night right around my due date where contractions picked up that they were regular. They were about four to five minutes apart, very regular, not super powerful, but enough that I noticed it and so of course this is my first time and I'm asking myself is this something like is this a real thing it's really regular and then it just tapered off and then a few days later my mucus plug started coming out and so I saw that coming out and I was like okay like for five days after the due date it might be soon and the next day was the state fair and we lived two blocks away and so we walked to the state fair and I was really nervous to go I told my husband, it's hot, it's summer. Um, well, I guess it was September, but it was still really hot. And I said, I don't like being out. I don't like walking too much because I'm pregnant and I'm huge. Just was nervous about how it was going to go. But we went, it was like, it was our last day together. We enjoyed being together. As we were there, I found myself occasionally having to stop during like a contraction. <laughs> and I had never had to do that before. So I'd kind of just stop and like wait and then keep walking. So I had a feeling that things were picking up. And that night we went home. My husband wanted to watch a movie. And I said, you know, let's try to go to sleep just in case something happens. I want to have energy. Um, he went to sleep. I never went to sleep because oh. things just kept picking up. What I learned from later, as I looked back from my story, I had these contractions going. They were getting stronger and stronger throughout the night. And they got strong enough to the point where it was actually hard to handle. I was lying there in bed next to my husband. Well, first I had tried different positions. I texted my midwife and she said, try a bath. And so I tried the bath and I was like, that's not comfortable. I couldn't get comfortable. Um, I had Googled and I was like, what do contractions feel like? Which is a bad idea. <laughs> um, but, so Google said they feel kind of like period cramps. And so I was like looking for that sensation, which is like, don't do that. Right. I've learned don't don't tell your body to look for negative sensations. But that was what I was looking for. And so I started feeling these crampy sensations. And for me, I'd had some really, really bad periods before where it was just a really, really terrible experience. And so I started feeling this pain. And so it starts being a little bit hard to handle. And I might have tried a hypnobirth script and just given up on it. Because I was like, I'm not falling asleep. It's not working. And so then I just gave up on it. <laughs> So I didn't understand how that's supposed to work. Around four in the morning, it was intense enough and uncomfortable enough that I was like squeezing my husband's hand, even though he was asleep. So I'm like gripping him really tight. And he wakes up. He's like, what's going on? And then by then it had passed. And so I'm like, oh, it's fine. It was just a contraction. He's like, what? <laughs> but here's the crazy thing is that once he was awake, suddenly the intensity was just totally changed and I could handle them after that. And so looking back, I realized I subconsciously was relaxed with him in a way that I hadn't learned to relax on my own. And that has been one of my big, big things I've learned about myself and part of why I'm so passionate about helping others prepare, which we'll talk about later, but helping others prepare for birth is because that internal conditioning, I hadn't realized that I didn't have that skill on my own, but with him, I was able to be relaxed. And so then they kept going and we're like, once we got up and moving around, they were like super frequent. They were every one or two minutes. 
And so we called the birth center and said, we're going to head over. I took a little shower, but everything was so manageable. Then we drove to the birth center, probably got there around 5 a.m. It was the midwife's assistant that met us there to let us in. And she checked my dilation just to see where I was at. And this is like the pivotal moment where it all went downhill for me um, because I think I was at two centimeters. <laughs> and I just was like, I know, I knew better that, you know, birth's not linear. You can't pay attention to the number. But just knowing that if I had been going to a hospital, the hospital would have turned me away. They would have said, you're not far enough. Go back home. But I had these contractions that were just going and going and going. And it was real. And just this mess with my head, knowing that, like, it wasn't even enough to be admitted, even though it was very, very real. And so I just that discouraged me. And I think just changing locations kind of threw me out of my relaxed state and things started getting more painful again and I got very overwhelmed and I just kind of started feeling very stuck in my contractions and I was like I don't know how long this is gonna be I felt very trapped like it's just me and however many hours of this before I get to see my baby so after that it was um not fun emotionally (laughs) for me. And how long was your birth? She ended up being born at 4.30 p.m. Um, and I learned some things about this, too. So I was having the very frequent contractions, but they would kind of slow down when I sat down. And so I was sitting there just, again, feeling trapped. I'm like, how do I do this? And the midwife's assistant asked me, she's like, OK, well, like we're here now. So there's not a lot happening. We can either give you something to augment your contractions and speed things up. Or we can give you something to just slow them down so you can go home and sleep. And I'm like, no, I want to get the baby out. I don't want to stop this. (laughs) But also, I don't need something to augment this. All I have to do is stand up. Like, And later on, I realized that that was because of my baby's position. My body was trying to turn her um, because she was facing forward, not backwards. At the time, I didn't realize that. So we tried a few different things with me, like walking around. I didn't want to walk. I just wanted to stay kneeling through it. But what are you going to do when you've got your only help person right there telling you, no, this is the best thing. It's, it's like, well, but my, my hypnobirth course told me I could lie down while I labor and you're telling me I got to walk and I don't want to walk, but you're also probably no more than I do right now. So, you know, that was just challenging. Um, and then eventually, like she was checking on the baby, the heart rate, and she saw, oh, her position, she's facing forward. And and she told me, hey, if we just turn this baby, she's going to be out so fast. And I'm thinking, you don't know that. That's not how birth works. But we did a little bit of like spinning babies. And then we did something called rebozo shifting or sifting where you're on all fours and the cloth is under your belly. And they kind of like shake it to one side in a way. And it helps turn the baby. And that was not fun in labor. But it worked because we turned the baby. We did like some deep steps to help kind of get her down lower into my pelvis. I tried the shower after that. Um, I did have a lot of like soreness in my back. And so I decided, you know what? I haven't done the tub yet. Let's just try laboring in the tub. We go get in the tub and then pretty soon after that I have like this urge like oh I need to poop like this is that urge I'm like I was like it was a little bit awkward and um whatever but 
but yeah, like that pretty soon turned into starting to be like actual like, oh, I feel the need to push right now. And I kind of just start pushing. And then I want to say I was pushing for like a half hour. It wasn't very long. It was like gripping my husband's hands the whole time. And then the baby was born and she came out and it was just kind of like come out of the belly. And then they they placed her on my chest. And in all honesty, I just felt exhausted. I was just like worn out. And I'm sure the feelings of love were there, but I was mostly just aware of like being very exhausted and worn out and traumatized because I was like, what is that? What just happened? Um, she was born at 4.30. They checked me over and then we drove home four hours later with our new baby. And then we got home. This is going into parenthood, but we got home and then we had a crying baby that couldn't nurse very well yet. And they were just like, oh boy, this is real now. You describe it as traumatizing. So what was the what was the bit that was traumatizing for you? You know, and that was what took so much pondering afterwards to figure out. And there's a lot of pieces, but something that it talks about in the hypnobirthing book, there's kind of a list. There's like, if you have any of these like emotional things that you're holding on to, you probably want to work through that before your birth because it's probably going to affect your birth. I, I read through the list and I'm like, there's no way like I've been pushing my baggage down for like my whole life so there's no way that that's gonna affect my birth I'm like this is totally separate I know I want this baby out of my body I don't know why I would have anything that would hold that back and keep my baby from coming out and it was just crazy like the emotions that I felt again like it brought me back to the traumatic periods that I had been having before just very fearful I was just in this very fearful dark like trapped place during the birth and all these emotions were were there and just realizing like you know since then I've learned so much about just how our womb is this energetic center for us as women and and just being in this society like there there is a lot of negative energy that we pick up, whether it's through our own experiences or even just from what's around us. Like we, we tend to hold on to a lot. And that was the case for me. Plus being out of touch with my body. I wasn't in touch with my womb. I wasn't in touch with my vagina or my birthing muscles. Like I, I was not connected to them. And there was just a lot of like tension, a lot of deep rooted tension that I couldn't just consciously make it relax. I did, I couldn't do that in birth. So yeah, looking back, I think a lot of that was playing into, and everyone's different. So obviously not everyone has that as an influence, but there are a lot of us women who do. And I just didn't know going into that first birth, I didn't know of resources that could help me. Did that affect you in that that postpartum period? And, and if so, how much do you think it affected you? I, I think it it had a huge effect. I think, again, there's a lot of factors. I think baby blues are connected to the fact that most of us kind of live in our own little home and we don't have community around us. So that aloneness, I think, is one factor of baby blues. Um, another factor for me was just the adjustment of not being able to just go get stuff done like I'm so used to. I'm a very type A, like, da-da-da-da-da-da, I'm just going to go blah, 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 like all day, every day I'm getting stuff done. And so that was very hard for me to like have to adjust and slow down and not be able to just get things done. So those two things are factors, but I feel like the biggest thing was just that place of fear absolutely stuck with me. I, you know, most of the time I'm pretty like positive about my my trials, my challenges, the things I go through. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sometimes I'm cynical, but I'm also positive about like things are going to turn out well. And, and that birth just brought me to this very dark place of fear where I was like very aware of like pain is real. I don't know what other pain I'm going to have to face in my life. And I'm just very scared of it. it. Like it was just this very dark place. Um, plus it was fall. So we're going into winter. So you've got like the darker evenings. And so I just like had like postpartum depression. Like I, I would never say like, oh, I was, you know, that deep in, but at the same time, it, it just was a lot of really hard emotions and a lot of like, I, I definitely call them baby blues for a while. Like it was, it was hard. <laughs> But I also did love being a mother too. So that was going on at the same time. <laughs> did you have support to help you at that time with family or friends that were there for you? Or was this something that you were kind of dealing with on your own? I did. It definitely, like, I mean, my husband was my number one. Like, it definitely brought us closer together because I was like, I need you. <laughs> so it helped, you know, having him. And And I think one thing is it would take me a few days to realize what I was feeling. And then once I could articulate it to him, then he could just hold me and help me feel better. Um, my parents came in as well, but their stay was cut short because we all got COVID. <laughs> so they had to go back home. But then we also at the same time bought a house and moved in. And so then that postpartum period ended up being a period of moving in and renovations. Um, the in-laws came and helped a lot. I honestly didn't know them all super well yet because we hadn't actually been married super long. Um, and it just all became a lot of like chaos and intensity. And I felt like I needed to kind of defend having space of like a very modest person. And like, I was trying to learn how to nurse and I had this baby and then there's people all over my house and like nowhere I could go. So how, what's the gap between your two children then? Just for the listeners. I guess 21 months. Okay. Yeah. So it's like just a little bit shy of the two years. <laughs> was it planned that you would have children that that distance apart in terms of time or was this did it come a little bit sooner than you were anticipating I mean we knew we wanted a lot of children we had the first one and then we're like well I guess it's just up to us like we get to decide when we have the next one we don't know when that's gonna be and so we kind of thought oh maybe it'll be a while and then there was a time where I had like been half tracking my cycle that had started back up and only had like half of my numbers and I'm looking at my numbers and my period was late because I had like been sick or something. And I was like, wait, like I'm looking at the numbers. I think I might be pregnant. And the crazy thing was that even though it felt really, really soon, we were so excited. Like I was so excited and then I wasn't pregnant. But then just that experience made me think, wow, if I was that excited to think I was pregnant, then maybe we should just have our next baby. So we then we made a plan for a couple months later. And so then we got pregnant with the second <laughs> so with the first birth that you had that you described as traumatic and, and emotionally challenging how did did that play at all into how you felt about being pregnant you know when you thought you were pregnant did, did any of that come in or because it sounded like you were just really excited and, and maybe some of that and you'd forgotten it or how, how did that affect you you know it was funny the phrase forgotten it because they always say that about birth like oh you forget and I was like I did not forget I think the hormones were not doing what they're supposed to because I remembered every bit I never found in my journals when I found your podcast but it was before I got pregnant and <laughs> and I went through this period of, of time after the birth of like reflecting and trying to figure out what happened and at first I didn't know how anyone manages to give birth more than once but after I got past that and processed it 
and kind of learned, oh, it was me. Like I didn't learn how to relax. I, I didn't let go of my baggage. I, I have all this Western culture conditioning that runs really deep. Once I realized that, then I, I started preparing, like even before getting pregnant again, because I just knew I didn't want it the next time to be the same. I was so determined to not have it be the same. So I had already started working on like some of my baggage, just trying to like let go. Um, I did see a therapist like a few times, which ended up helping me get closure, like for the birth, acknowledging what I felt and letting it go. And, and then I found your podcast at some point and that was so exciting to me. Even just, I just remember, and, and I was already interviewing midwives before I got pregnant too, because I wanted to find a really good midwife. So I remember like going and touring these different places and being in my car and listening to like some of those first episodes on your podcast. And people were just sharing all these different perspectives on like connecting to your body and tuning into your womb. And and it was people from all over, from all different cultures, you know, all over the world. And it just blew my mind. Like, wait, hypnobirthing isn't the only group out there. Like there's other people that believe that birth is positive. And one of the people talked about like tuning into your womb and just some helpful phrases, like what the muscles are doing and that it will pass. And so I tried that during my periods. Cause like I said, I had had really negative periods before. and so. I tried that during our periods, instead of trying to shut away the pain, I just sat there and I tuned into my muscles and I just let myself feel them. And just instead of getting fearful and trapped and like, ah, oh, like this is painful. How do I handle it? Like once the ibuprofen going to kick in instead of like that fearful trap place, I went to like, my muscles are doing their job and it will end. Like they are going to move out that lining and then it will be done. And just by doing it, it sounds so simple, but after that period, I, I got through the strongest of the cramps. Um, I got through the strongest of them still in a positive headspace. And so that was exciting enough. And then the, the crazy thing was the next period that came and the pain never came. Like it, I just didn't cramp up. And I had three periods before we then got pregnant and, and they were all like that. And that, that alone, I mean, could you hear how excited I am just about that like it already changed my life so much just that <laughs> you know learning to tune into my body and and see real changes from it what were you like when you found out you were pregnant this time around so uh, were you still excited was it still like a good thing yeah yeah I was still excited and I was armed with more new tools there's honestly so much I did in this pregnancy, but um, the new midwife that I found, she had some tips for eating in the first trimester. I've actually put together a video about it, about the eating and then about the motion code, just because I'm like, people need to know this. So it's just like a free video that I'm sharing, but she helped me to eat simpler more often and during the night and following like her guidelines helped stave off like the worst of the like morning sickness it's not morning sickness it was just sickness for me like it helped with that and so you know as as I felt the onset of like all the first trimester sensations I was kind of clinging to that of like okay it's really tempting to go back to stressing out about this the first trimester with my first baby was not fun um but I was like nope 
I have tools. All I have to do is get something in my stomach every two hours, go get something in my mouth, like focus on protein and different stuff. So that helped. And then the other thing was the emotion code that, I mean, yes. you talked about it and a couple other people talked about it. That's and the whole connecting to baby thing was a thing mm. that I learned from your podcast as well. A lot of people talk about, hey, your symptoms are because you're not connected to your baby. So I did some emotion code and I had released a bunch of stuff, but I still was getting these symptoms, but it was still better because of my eating differently. So it was a lot better than the first pregnancy. But then right around Thanksgiving, I realized, wait, I haven't specifically muscle tested for emotion codes or for trapped emotions keeping me from connecting to my baby. So there ended up being a total of four. I remember, I don't know which four were those, but four of them were keeping me from connecting to my baby. And after just one or two, I was already better after all four. Holy cow. I got out of the car um, to see family in St. George for Thanksgiving. And I was like joining them for just some gentle walking around while we did pickleball or whatever. And I was like, look, look, I'm like running. I'm like moving. What is this? You know, like I just felt so much better. And I still had aversions, which is fine because that was my body guiding me mm. to know what I needed. But but I could eat a lot more than I could before. So it was still challenging some days when I didn't, I was hungry, but I didn't know what to eat. But overall, it was just so much better. So I was in a good place emotionally, just because I was so excited that it was going so much better. And it sounds like you did quite a lot of emotion code, just really, yeah. just really got the book. So for those that don't know what it is, it's a really great book that helps you to release trapped emotions. I've talked about on, on the previous episode and it just allows you to do all that stuff yourself. So you just kind of just went, went all in with emotion code for what, like a few weeks to just clear anything. And then the result was tangible. You really noticed a big difference. She's nodding everyone. She's nodding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I did some head trash clearance as well. Okay. And I, I don't remember like all the specific things that I cleared, but I brought that in for just like the specific things that were kind of bugging me at that time. Cleared a few things. And then going into the second trimester, um, I was still learning a lot, picking out, you know, which resources I resonated the most with. And I ended up getting a birth course that was for like just more of the beautiful birth mentality. And I loved that. Like she talked, it was Avalon D Darnish. And she talked about like, for example, the hormones, like when you're crying in pregnancy, it's guiding you to see what you need to let go of before your birth, you know, really it. So, so I did some of that and some like more healing and just letting go of things. Um, used a couple different tools and then birth dance I started doing some birth dance oh yeah, yeah. so what's birth dance just talk us through what that is I'm like, I can I think I know what it is based on the, what you're saying but I'd love to hear your description that that one's so funny because I think I heard about it from your podcast I'm pretty sure but it was just like an, a little obscure reference really <laughs> I was like oh yeah I love dancing and so I like got the book and it's basically in this case just using Middle Eastern moves and you think of belly dancing mm. um, and you know these days it's much more like sexualized honestly you know it's more it's performance it's for appearance but but the actual movement traditionally are just very I don't know like intuitive to our women's bodies and and just like the roundness of like hip circles or 
you know, the different tucks and releases, they, they really help strengthen the muscles and they also help, yeah, just help us to like center into our bodies. And that's something that I found just realizing that in Western culture, I had never really been taught this is what it is to be a woman, you know, <laughs> especially in these days, that's not the popular thing to talk about. Yeah. It's the opposite of popular to be like, wow, guess what? Like you're a woman and you have these experiences and you can embrace it. And it's amazing. Like I had never been taught that. And so I was so excited about this birth dancing that, you know, I could just do these simple moves and I would practice those every day. And I was doing like meditation and stuff too. So I was learning how to relax my mind and slow down. And especially, oh, I've neglected to say that I had also left my job by this point. (laughs) So I was at home with my baby, my first baby. I was learning to slow down. I was learning to relax. I was learning to just be present with my body. And then I was doing birth dance. So the whole thing, this whole pregnancy was really just a time of, of transformation. Like even before the birth, I was already transforming. And, and I felt like, like embracing more of what this experience can be for me. And, and that's not to say I was still like working on lots of stuff at the same time, but I was kind of like melding it all together to just feel good. So I'm very, I'm very big on like the motherhood and the birth and just making it feel fulfilling and like growing through it and embracing it. So it sounds like your second pregnancy was really like you kind of been through the first one working to the last minute, you know, really thinking, hang on a minute, I didn't really prepare at all. This time it's going to be very different. I'm going to do the healing. I'm going to look at my head trash, my baggage. I'm going to look at my fears. I'm going to get my body ready. I'm going to learn to communicate with my body. I'm going to relax. I'm going to prepare physically. I mean, you went, sounds like you went all in on every facet to prepare your mind, body, spirit, Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, yeah, that sounds like that. that's what you did. She's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, that's basically my big thing. And that's kind of like I've actually stepped into, I call it, I like to think it was like pregnancy doula now. <laughs> uh, I can explain more after, I guess. But just I feel like there's a missing link in there where there's so many great tools that people then don't know about. And so I'm like, well, let me be here and just help connect you and form your own plan that can help you like, again, like, yeah, you've got this for your physical preparation. Like I was doing the birth dance. I did chiropractor, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got your spiritual preparation and then you've got, you know, like your emotion clearing. And so, yeah, I really tried to balance that. So then we were getting up to the birth. And of course we have to mention the, like I had done all this preparation. I still had some just, remaining fears oh I forgot to mention at the end I ended up like deciding to hire a doula as well um because I was like I've done all this preparation but I'm still nervous because what if I go back into that that space where I was before what if I get into labor and then I'm stuck in that fearful place so I ended up hiring a doula and I felt like this was the perfect thing to use head trash clearance on because there are just these specific underlying like under everything things I was nervous about. And so I cleared that fear of, I think it was pain and labor, another one about birth. So I cleared those. And then after that, it was just gone. 
and it was awesome like that underlying like fear nervousness is kind of like this grayness underneath everything it's just gone and then I was like okay like I feel good I feel prepared um kept using my tools you know had my whole birth plan whatever and then we I did a lot of talking to baby as well throughout the pregnancy mm. there's another thing I'm super big on is you know talking to baby and um then as we approached it was kind of like oh it'd be nice if you came on this day and we're kind of like talking a little bit back and forth about what would be good it was fun because I had pictured a daytime labor I was like it'd be so fun like to have baby born in the day like how unusual so all pregnancy I'd been like okay this day would be really great and I had kind of pictured it and how I would use my tools and so that day came and lo and behold, contractions were picking up and I was just moving through them. I was like circling through them and it it felt so good to be able to move through them in a way that I just didn't know how to do the first time. Mm. So the birth dance like came right in. It was just very automatic because I had been practicing and I hung out with my family. We did like each other's foot massages, my husband and my toddler, and he was playing music and just it was a really nice family day. And then everything was going according to plan. So I called my doula because I was like, well, I've been planning on this day and I've been having stuff going on today. Maybe come just in case. And then it totally just dropped off at night. I was like, well, darn it. Now I have no idea when she's going to come. But I had seen in my head the week before when I was talking to baby, I've kind of seen like this image of like a Monday or a Tuesday. And I'm kind of seeing that in my head. But then that Monday had come and gone, but here we are. It's been the weekend again. So now we're up to Sunday. Sunday, I go to church. I'm like, I'll just go to church because there's nothing going on. Come home. And we're like, well, might as well drive an hour and go on a hike because there's nothing going on. And so we're like preparing and packing up a bag. And can I just say, we never made it to the car because <laughs> things were just picking up. Like my husband was helping my toddler with the chickens and I'm inside like oh this is a river intense I'm on all fours now okay I'm putting on my dvd that's supposed to make me laugh now and I'm just like doing this inside while they're outside and then put the girls to bed that evening and and I just kept moving through it and and again like this for me was such a game changer just that I had movement that helped me really integrate the sensation so I wasn't you know, it, it, I think it made it easier on my mind. So it's like my mind's trying to relax and I also have something physical to do. It just helped me really integrate it. My doula came, she put on like some soft lighting, which really helped turn off the bright overhead light. So I definitely really, really appreciated her. She had helpful phrases that just kept me grounded. Um, she just knew things to say that my husband just didn't know what to, you know, he didn't know those phrases because <laughs> not experienced in that so I found that really helpful to have her and I was just moving through it and the cool thing was just I it was like this like unstoppable forward motion you know like things just kept progressing I was talking to my body and once things finally were more intense which is when I called the doula that was when was it I think she arrived around two or three but it ended up being about four hours from that time to when baby came that things just really picked up in intensity and I have to say the sensations with the second birth were similar in a lot of ways to the first birth but my experience was so different because I was confident I was not fearful like she even commented after she's like I've not seen anyone like so uninhibited 
like I wasn't holding back I wasn't tightened against anything like things just went along um I kind of talked to my body like I'd planned like I feel the baby moving down and you know telling my body that and I, I felt her moving you know I felt her moving right down you know the midwife came close to the end I tried the birth tub and I liked it for a few minutes because it helped my muscles relax even more deeply but it kind of slowed things down. And I was like, I just want to have this baby. So I got back out. The midwife came and she's like trying to check my belly. And right there at the end, I guess like the heart rate dropped a slight bit or something. And so she's thinking like, do I need to go get oxygen? Like what's going on? And I'm like, dude, like I know that the baby is right there. Like I knew she was about to pop out, you know? And so in, in hindsight, the midwife described it like she had turned to the door to see if she needed to go grab oxygen just to give me like a slight bit and then the baby was out you know it was like it was right there but, so I wasn't worried because I'm like the baby's about to come out like it's fine but of course I can't talk because I'm like in labor but yeah and then the, the baby was out it was 6 30 in the morning and right then my toddler we had had her sleeping downstairs my husband went and got her they just like plopped me down on the floor in my bedroom and and one of the things I had been really big on oh and it's Monday morning so there's that where that Monday comes in one of my big things about the first birth was I didn't like how we initiated nursing after because I felt like my breast was just kind of shoved in her mouth. And then we had a lot of trouble with figuring out mm. latching after that. So I wanted to try helping this baby with a little bit of a birth crawl where she was on my chest and I'm kind of helping guide her, but she's also working her way towards the nipple. Mm. And we got a latch pretty soon and she was, she was nursing. I did have a lactation consultant come because of pinchiness we never had a yeah she never had a problem with actually nursing um from the very get-go she was always able to get plenty so I that was a big part of my birth plan that yeah I really liked being able to do it that way now when you look at your birth now do you think yes that was that was like that's how I wanted to feel how, how yeah it was it was so huge. And I still like, I'm still on this mission. One of the things that I'm really big on is I just have such a strong belief in like the best possible like outcome almost like potential, I guess. So like, I still had back pain at the end there where it was really intense. And so I'm still like, okay, like I'm learning more right now. I'm so like, I'm still continuing to learn more release more I really believe in that like full potential <laughs> like you know birth can be even more so I'm, I'm continuing to do just a lot of personal work but even just the changes from that like it was such a positive experience and it was like it was so intense right like so much hard work and I got through it. I was like, wow, that was so much work. I was like, I'm a beast. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like birthed so much, but it was in such an empowering way. And the crazy thing that just got me even more excited about it was just in the weeks that followed, I was, I, it was like I had strength from the birth to then start making other changes in my life that I couldn't even during pregnancy when I was trying to. Um, and that's why I kind of mentioned like how after my first baby, I started having more like almost closing up more or like being defensive feeling like I need to defend my space like felt like there was chaos like I felt like there was a lot of stuff like that going on that felt like it kind of stemmed from that initial mm. coming from a traumatic place in my birth and it almost was like it couldn't fully heal or didn't fully heal until the second birth that was positive 
not to imply that anyone can't heal if they can't have another birth but for me this second birth it was like a switch where all of a sudden it like changed that trajectory and now all of a sudden I had strength to start showing up differently having a different attitude it could be her as well she's a very energetic eager baby so I'm like <laughs> and maybe I'm just getting her vibes of like being more flexible than the first um but yeah I'm just like so excited about how it's it's really changed you know just my experience and who I am and how I'm able to reach my potential and so now I'm like obsessed with the topic of birth because I'm like it can be so much more I'm like don't settle <laughs> you know don't settle um you know so I'm like trying to put my voice out there and and share it and like support people and I've been able to start already working with people in just a more well-rounded perspective you know like all those little things that I've learned throughout in a bit like the pregnancy doula fashion that you mentioned earlier in that kind of way just helping people to kind of yeah use their pregnancy for its with the full potential that it offers in terms of health and prepare for birth exactly and that's that's exactly it that's like one of my requirements like okay to work for me you just have to believe that it can be better and when I say that I just mean you have to have this confidence that you're going to be able to grow and have like improvements or like like just not that we ever know how it's going to go for us but you know if if you're if you're going through something trust that it's to help you grow but also trust that you can do things in your life that are going to change that experience and and improve it you know so it's yeah I'm very very much like want to help people to because it just it, it hurts my heart so much you know like just that so many people all they're hearing is the doctor that's like oh well you have to do this intervention because of this like no yeah I just want to empower people to believe like this is a beautiful experience it's empowering it's life-changing and if you can clear your emotional junk for the sake of your birth it's going to actually make the rest of your life better too I know when I think about your first pregnancy and working right up to the due date so many women do that. They don't. I think there's a lot of women that don't realize the potential of pregnancy and how it, how using your pregnancy to prepare to work on your head draft, to clear your emotional stuff, to just kind of get the ground ready. A lot of women just don't do that, and then they screech up to the birth, thinking, "Yeah, yeah, I've just listened to a few hypnobirthing tracks. I'll be fine." A bit like you did. Yeah, exactly. Then, ah, <laughs> no, no, that's not enough. <laughs> More than that. I'm like, we're so good at being men. We just don't know how to be women, right? Like, we got the masculine part down. Like, we're good at that. And I'm, yeah. I'm still good at that. <laughs> so it sounds like this whole journey has balanced out your masculine and feminine and brought out your feminine more. Would that be fair to say what it sounds like? Yeah, I would say so. I think there's still a long way to go even, right? Because it's like, it's a, it's a whole life of changing, like, you know, getting more and more in tune but it's it's absolutely yeah and and before that first birth I would have said yeah I'm a person that never slows down I never relax like that was just me and a lot of people we kind of glory in that like oh yeah I'm so busy you know like oh so busy yep I I got a badge right here I'm so busy and and I've realized like oh that's not actually like helping (laughs) and so I I now I I can relax um my husband will tell you I still don't enough like he's still would prefer if I would sit down for movies once in a while but yeah I was just totally totally shifted to to be able to slow down and it feels like a more wholesome pace 
So earlier you said that you want lots of children. So are you stopping or are there more on the way? <laughs> what is your plan? Well, there's, there's more on the way. Yeah, we kind of have like our baseline number. And then once we get there, we'll see. If <laughs> I would love, I will say, I would love to be done. <laughs> I would love to be done before some of you guys are starting. You know? <laughs> like if I could be done before 35, I'll be happy. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, Heather, it's just been brilliant hearing your story. And I really love the journey that you've done, you know, that kind of journey from that first difficult birth to what that really highlighted for you, what you needed to, what you wanted to get done before the next time and all the different things that you tried. And I hope that and some people listening go, oh, I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to try that because different things work for different people. We're all starting from different places. So what might work for you might not work for somebody else. But I think a lot of the things you, you use are going to be at birth dancing. I mean, who's not going to benefit from that? You know, emotion codes, brilliant head trash codes. Obviously, I would say that, but that's been my yeah. the whole time. And yeah, so all those things work. Yeah, <laughs> like you can just get it. Like I got the book or like you've got your program that you just go through and you just clear stuff. Motion code, you just go through and clear stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's going to help anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's just been brilliant to share your story. Is there anywhere that people can find you with your new your new pregnancy potential? I don't know what it's called. What are you calling it? <laughs> um, my, my brand name is Rising Woman. It basically embodies and envelops motherhood, birth, womanhood. And I am on Instagram. Things might change right now. It's Rising Woman um, underscore Loving Motherhood. But for sure, if you Google Heather Manwaring, Rising Woman, you'll definitely find me somewhere. And then Well, I'm going to have all the links in the show notes. So if it changes between now and when this goes out, then I'll have the latest version up on the website. So that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining me. You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond. With fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Mama Ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more Fear Free Childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.